Welcome to Talk to Trev. I'm with Reno, ambient music lover. Okay, so that's your sign-in thing on Zoom. Okay, so uh, yeah, yeah. Let me get this straight. Like, <laughs> you are a metalhead, or, yes. or, or you are a metalhead. Okay, cool. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're you're a metalhead, but you're playing really chilled out ambient vibes. How did that come about? Um, just through exploring music, I suppose. Eh? Um, yeah, I do love metal, um, but. I love a lot of music, you know what I mean? Metal's mainly just my background, so it will always be uh, very close to my heart, and, and I do have a big love for it, obviously. But um, yeah, as far as ambient music, I don't know, just, uh, you know, you go on uh, YouTube and you sort of go down the rabbit hole, and sometimes you're checking weird animal videos, other times you, <laughs> you find the music, so yeah. Okay, no, cool. It's, it's interesting that you've gone that route, because it's, it's not... Um... It's not something you would align somebody that 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 loves metal with. To some degree, if you look at some bands, um, like in the post rock scene, they also do like chill, beautiful music. But like you got Sleep Makes Waves and stuff. It's like very riffy. You know, it's it's got a lot of strong metal vibes here. It's just played with textures or soundscapes and stuff, I suppose. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, a, a, a lot of it is, um, and I'm going to hop on this quite a bit now because. I'm. If you've listened to any of my other podcasts, I, I'm I'm a straightforward metal guy. Um, yeah. That like likes punk and hard rock and rock. So this kind of vibe. But there was a moment in my life where I was listening to this sort of stuff. It's like I beat I beat the chilled out vibes. That's what it yeah, reminds yeah. me of. Like sunsets and beautiful orange skies and soft sandy beaches and all that sort of stuff. But you're a metalhead. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, just, I just i just wanted to clarify i'm not losing my marbles there or something <laughs> yeah no were you always like playing acoustic and and all that sort of thing or were you a full-on metal guitarist uh i was full-on metal guitarist metal bands uh, wow okay also i also do uh the last band i was in i did the heavy vocals um i've actually got a, a project going at the moment with the mates uh which will be a metal project coming out soon as well Excellent. Where I'll be going back to that sort of stuff. So yeah, um, but yeah. So for on metal guitars, the acoustic thing that that's relatively new. Uh, my love for like ambient and different music that that's been quite some time. But the the whole acoustic vibe that actually more started just through. Um, I was fed up with bandmates at the time. Like things just weren't working out, and um, you know, uh, if you've ever been in a band before, you know. I you have. Know, yeah, I know. It can be difficult. Yeah, <laughs> yes. and, uh, and uh, so I just wanted to do my own thing and. Uh, then I did also discovered fingerstyle guitar, which is also sort of another big element to my music. So it's sort of the ambient stuff mixed with the fingerstyle. And a lot of modern fingerstyle players, they do the, the whole thing, you know, of doing everything on the guitar, but without yeah. looping, you know. So it's, yeah. you're running bass lines, running melodies, percussion on the body. And I was like, okay, well, screw it. I can do this on my own. <laughs> so, so, I mean, how did, you, how did you suddenly just make that decision? You know, because it's, not, it's one thing playing the guitar, but then it's another thing thinking of... I mean, as, as, a, as a guitarist, do you have to think on different levels or many levels when you're playing anyway? Yeah, so yeah. I guess it must have been normal to you to, to branch out and do the whole tap thing for the, for the drums and, and everything like that with it. Oh, yeah. Before I did that, I was already doing a lot of the, the double-handed tapping just through right. general playing, whether it be okay. for solos or, you know, I'm a big Steve R fan. And like more I was, I, that's the funny thing. Yeah. Because I, I was going to say, I was listening to the album. Every time that I do a podcast, I immediately put the album on that I, or the artist that I'm going to listen to and, and go through some of the stuff. And there was one that I was li listening to. Um, is, it, is it Eclipse? Uh, yes. Number nine. Uh, Eclipse, I think. Eclipse, yeah. yeah that, 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 uh, that's a bit rocky and, and sort of like vyish. Uh, yeah. And there's, there's two other 
lead guitarist guest on there, so you get three different flavors. Right, um, Ross, Ross Tapson and Craig uh, Borrell. Yeah, both fantastic guys and amazing players. So, yeah, so they very special guests. Ross was a bit of a rock star moment for me because, like, I was a what, huge what fan band of is he from? Um, he was in numerous bands back in the day, Shadow Lord, amongst many others. You know, he had. I guess, in the, I guess in the guitarist world, it, I mean, you know, then I guess you know everybody or, or, you know, when you meet somebody that's a hero, it must be kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. And no, that is um, like, yeah, Ross, I've got quite a few stories about him. But I mean, like, yeah, when I was about, I don't know, I was maybe 16 or whatever, I saw him perform live for the first time. And ironically, he was just singing. Um, he was uh, doing a, like a metal festival or whatever in Durban at a place that called the Tuscan, which doesn't exist anymore. Um, and... Yeah, meeting Ross. So like, we watched him. He just sang for this band, and the, the two guitarists were like, "Shit out!" They were so so good. And uh, myself and my mate, we still went up, and we're like, you know, like, wow, you know, this is amazing. And this and that. We're talking to the two guitarists, and they're like, "Yeah, you think uh, uh, you think we're good? You must hear a singer." <laughs> oh like, wow! Okay. okay. <laughs> so yeah, that that was before I actually saw Ross play guitar. So that that was like my first fanboy moment. But okay, I'm a big fan and. Um, he does a great job in that song. And Craig Borrow as well, um, getting to know him um, through our connection with, with AS Guitars, myself, Ross, and Craig. I haven't met him in person yet, but we've got a good, very good online friendship. And the dude's an amazing player as well. So, But yeah, Atlas is an interesting song. It's, uh, a lot of guys seem to like it so far. So, And, and the last one I was, I was yeah. listening to just before we came on the chat was Tsukani. Hmm. What's that all about? Yes. Um, okay, that's one of the fingerstyle songs. Um, yeah which I'll normally perform in one of my solo sets, but um, I've got a lot of guests on, on that. Uh, there's Ron House and Ash, Ashwin Lodger. They, they normally perform in my trio with me if I do like a, a band show, you know? Right. Um, Ash is actually playing uh, sax on that. He normally plays bass for me, but he's a fantastic sax player. So all that I was going to, I was going to ask, I mean, that, that is a beautiful saxophone that gets played. Yeah, it is. And, um, and the songs are quite a nice dynamic. It's a long song. So the, the first half really focuses sort of on the fingerstyle acoustic guitar, and then I take a bit of a back seat, and then Ash sort of takes a driving seat over, uh, pushing it through with the sax, you know? Yeah. Um, then there's also um, two guys that I taught that are, are just wonderful musicians as well, Sia uh, uh, Ngubo and um, Julian Latard. So that's Sia uh, does uh, the bass for that song, taking over from what Ash would normally do. And um, yeah, Julian's popping some keys on there, and it's, it's just a great song. Um, so how the hell do you do that live? Um, well, I normally perform that alone, um, and it works really well. Um, a big version like that, we did it without Sia and Julian, unfortunately, but at Smoking Dragon, we, we played the mainstream stage. and That I was last year, right? Guys. Yeah, yeah the, that's correct. The last year, 2019, December, right? Or something like that. Yeah, literally yeah. like a right yeah, New Year's Eve period. Yeah. Oh, nice. You know, so, okay. Yeah, we, we played before the New Year's show, though, I think it was. Uh, I can't remember too lucky about but yeah, so that was the first time we performed that as a big band like that. Um, there's actually a video of, of it on YouTube, I think. <laughs> okay. Um, so is yeah, that, is that on your YouTube channel? On my YouTube channel, yeah. Okay, description below, people. Yes, yes. Click on that and go in and subscribe to his page, please. And subscribe to my page while you're at it. Please do. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, so that was probably the first time we played it live in, in such a big way. Um, but instead of Julian and Sia, we've got uh, the guys from Name on the Drum who just came along for that show to make it a five-piece band you know a big stage we thought would make it a bigger band and it, it was a good vibe it was like a, so yeah so, but, so um you, today you released uh sparks the video the official video right um, was it today or, or a couple of months ago or something 
Uh, it was a while back, uh, but you know, obviously everything's being pushed hard. Uh, now, you know, a couple of disruptions in the year, you know, for obvious reasons. And yeah. so now just like a new driving force now to try and push everything out. But um, Spark's initial reaction on Facebook was pretty good. Uh, we really want to get the views up on YouTube, but, but when, uh, I don't know if it was just dumb luck or whatever, but the time I shared it on, on Facebook as an actual Facebook page, it picked up quite nicely. So yeah, so that was lucky, but it's getting a resurgence again now. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a nice simplistic video. I mean, it's, uh, you couldn't get more sim- simple than you standing with the guitar and a couple of effects, and, and, but it's the music that makes it. And that's the whole point of this, right? Yeah, yeah, that's pretty much all that. That's all I wanted for that. Um, and the guy that produced the album, he's actually a filmmaker. Like that's that's what he does, uh, oh, Daniel Filagin. Okay. Right. And he that that video is his concept, and that's what we or what he thought of, and we we sort of agreed to together. And um, are you comfortable also, behind the in front of the camera? I suppose. Well, if I'm playing guitar, yeah. <laughs> I, I I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if I'm talking, I get a bit awkward. <laughs> but, um, but um. Yeah, no, that that was pretty cool. Although videos aren't as glamorous as people perhaps think. It's a lot of takes and you get really tired and you see all the bubbles and the smoke and, and shit in the video and like my lungs and my throat and everything was finished by that. <laughs> it was, we, we, you know, just to save costs, we tried to keep it very DIY. So like I've got vape smoke being blown in my face with bubbles popping all over and my, my hands. What, was what scent was the vape? <laughs> I can't even remember because it was mixed with the soap from the bubbles. So. Oh no, <laughs> uh, it's pretty, pretty. But it, like, it was worth it. Uh, the video came out great, and um, you see the credit for the area kid. That's also yet again Daniel Filagin, uh, the producer of the album, right? The filmmaker for the video and all the like sort of dance vibes and that. That that's his doing as well under okay. his music pseudonym, which is the area kid. So yeah. So so let's talk about the the album Howling Rush. Um, how long ago was this release? It says it says on my iTunes twenty twenty. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, how long did it take to record this whole process, this whole album? Um, recording process itself was probably about a year. I could be wrong. Wow, but, that um, long. But yeah, it really shouldn't have been. Uh, but also writing the songs was even longer. Um, the gap between that and my my debut album is, is a little bit ridiculous, but, <laughs> but, um, okay, no, okay. But wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. Where, where, when was the, the debut album? What is it called? Cause I haven't seen that. The debut album is called voicelessness. Um, it's only on Bandcamp. It's right. production wise. Oh, okay. Yeah. Production wise. It's not great. I just brought it out as like a thing just to say like, Hey, um, yeah. Um, right. The hard copies sold pretty well at the time, uh, particularly because of the finger style shows and stuff. Okay. Um, so yeah, I've got it on Bandcamp for anyone interested, but it's not something I push too much. Uh, the album art is pretty cool. I'm, I'm quite happy about that. But like the recording could have been better, but it's yeah, it was it was just really as an introduction to sort of everything. <laughs> okay. And what is the the time period between the two albums? Shit, I don't want to contradict myself now, but <laughs> maybe three years. Or wow. Something. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I pushed with shows quite a lot with the first album. As I say, the hard copies did alright. So there, there's a few of them. Floating around. Actually, the downloads weren't too bad on Bandcamp either. Mm. Um, okay. But uh, yeah, but Howling Rush, like, uh, yeah, it took a while to write the songs. Like, I did have a bit of a writer's block in the first period and then was just completely overwhelmed with ideas when it started coming together. So, but surely that'd be a, a positive, though. If you're overwhelmed with ideas, you must be thinking, well, shit, there's two songs in that idea or whatever. It, it's great in terms of material, but putting it together and making decisions and finalizing those decisions. That, How do you do that? You. It's not easy. <laughs> um, <laughs> look, a, a lot of the songs that were completed beforehand, they weren't so bad, but I, like 
there were some things, especially like Atlas and songs like that, uh, where Daniel, the producer, he he helped a lot. If I was stuck on an idea, he'd like come with an honest opinion or whatever. And like, no, that sounds good. That sounds crap. You know, mm. so so it does help. You know, I know a lot of guys self-produce now and stuff, and there's definitely pros to it. But one of the pros, it is nice having another ear out there that can that's not as invested in that way as you are. So they'll look at it from a much more rational viewpoint. So. I was just going to ask, how is it that do you prefer to record in a studio or um, at home on a computer? Um, well, the experience with Highland Rush was great, aside, except for it being incredibly long. Um, but that, that was also my fault a lot. There, there was like just a bit of stuff, you know, family issues and stuff that came up. So that pushed the recording back a bit. Right. Um, okay. Bit of a hard time went through there. But if it wasn't for that and just, you know, one or two other little things, it it would have gone a lot quicker. But in terms of recording in a studio, I mean, I suppose it depends who you do it with, but I, I had a great experience. Uh, the producer of the album was very cool. It's a very good vibe. And a, a lot of guests and everything made it quite exciting. Um, the album I did on my, by myself, I, I don't think that's a really good one to, to gauge with because it was more just like a little pet project. So I think I prefer the studio vibes, but there's definitely pros to, to doing it on your own at home, you know. Um, do you think the album would have sounded different if you weren't going through some shit? I don't think it affected the songwriting okay. at that point. No, it's because a lot of the songs were complete. So okay, yeah, like it, also like it, it wasn't like um, nasty stuff. It was just unfortunately my mom had fell ill. So right, uh, yeah, it was it was just a difficult period to go through. And it yeah, as I say, a lot of the songs were written by that point. So just yeah, a matter of it, touching it, up it, and finishing off. Yeah, yeah. If, if anything, though, those instances will probably influence any new material that I come well now that's my next question um during yeah. the the covert and lockdown and all that bollocks any new material been written uh, a lot of jamming definitely um is that how the, the new uh, ideas come by just from sitting down and getting asked oh, sort of just let me just fiddle around and there you go idea born i suppose it's different for everyone but uh, you know uh, a lot of people discourage like noodling on a guitar I, I encourage it if it's productive so like that's what i try to do i'll try noodle ideas or whatever and just just jam i try to do it with new exercises or stuff that i pick up as well just to get something out um, okay but in, yeah in terms of covid um i've actually got a video somewhere on my page um it's probably a bit flooded now with all the new stuff that's come through but of some new material that i wrote which probably won't count as my solo stuff it might be for that other project i spoke about right okay and what is um, that what is the name of that project oh the project doesn't have a name yet it's still ah, uh, okay. early okay. stages but the the song that i've got up is called uh journey's end and lovers meeting okay. shakespeare phrase that i took from the haunting and hill house book which gets repeated over and over. Okay. Very cool and book. Is, yeah, that, so is, that, is that for, for, for later this year or next year? Um, not too sure. I suppose it depends on situation as well. Like at the moment, it's just myself and another guitarist in talks, an old mate of mine. Uh, so we're talking a lot, but we haven't been able to see each other for, you know. Yeah, obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's getting somewhere. Like I didn't even know if that song would be for that, but he seems to like it a lot. So yeah, we're going to go with that. That that's a lot more on the metal vibe as well. Like, so if you okay. check it out. So yeah. it would it wouldn't it wouldn't suit what you what you're currently doing now, obviously. Uh, not entirely, no. Um, right. I, I think you can hear my playing in pretty much everything I do, but yeah, I, I, I don't think it would suit the the solo vibes. <laughs> It's yeah. interesting that because what I, what I find amazing is, again, you're a metalhead and, and you're playing these really chilled out. Some of it isn't so chilled out there. I mean, so, some of it is, is quite, you can hear the guitar work is actually quite blistering. 
I mean, that's, that's almost like the, the metal seeping through your veins coming towards your fingers and I will take over kind of thing. Yeah, I do perhaps solo more than most people in the genre do. Um, it's always difficult when I'm recording, especially instrumental music, not to go too overboard, you know. You right. Know, do, you find, do you find yourself sort of like, okay, I must withdraw. I mustn't be so out there. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. How difficult um, is that though? When you, when you just, your creative mind must be going ballistic going, I want to, like just go off yeah it, it happens look I'm <laughs> something I, can, I can just but, see yeah. you in like an acoustic set next minute it's like that's it it's over richie yeah. blackmore's in the house yeah that, yeah it depends on the mood i suppose eh? yeah um, but it is something important that i've learned i mean especially when you're a younger metalhead you you come with all this like shit out solos and everything you're like yeah this is great but you know music's got to come first or the 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 message or the feel you know what i mean also like i just find with guitar playing it, if you're just laying it all out there, you're, you're cutting out dynamics. Dynamics are important. Mm. It makes mm. a good piece sound better. So yeah. Don't ignore the it's dynamics. Not, it's not yeah. easy. <laughs> I wanted to ask um, the cover for Howling Rush. When, when I first saw it, and, I, and when you contacted me, um, mm. and I was like, Howling Rush, okay? I've never heard of you before. And looked at the album cover, and it's like, okay, blues. That's immediately the first thing I thought. And it's probably the name Howling Rush. I just thought such a classic blues like the the cover just looks so bluesy <laughs> and i'm just uh, without listening to it the album cover it just uh, appeared to me blues it's got to be blues i mean let's look at the songs burdens howling rush slow burning fire sparks you know in the groove it's like come on how can these not be blues and i was like okay, okay cool and I, like and i said to you in our chat you know played and it's like damn this is like chilled out um well there's there's definitely some blues scales and, and blues playing in there uh, at least in the leads yeah interesting I, I haven't had that description of a cover yet but yeah the cover has has had some people talking and a lot of different views and stuff uh, but yeah that's you know the the cover was designed by you, you know the song Takane that you mentioned uh, yeah that name came from from a specific area that I played it in Gauteng which um, one of the guys in the crowd there uh, a comedian from the area he suggested that I should name the, the song Takane because it was just, it was a great gig. It was a great show. And like, yeah, just with the vibes and, and he, apparently the meaning of a word is to be cheerful, to be, to be joyful, you know, and that, that's sort of what he got from the song. But where I play in Takane there, there's a place called Wolf and Co Cafe. Um, and the owner for that place is the most awesome guy in the world. Aside from the fact that his venue is super cool and just hosts so many different bands. Um, he's also a designer, you know, he's, he's actually a bit of an entrepreneur in many ways. He does so many different things, especially for the community and stuff. But right. I thought, okay, well, this guy should uh, perhaps do the album cover for me. And we, we got talking and that's what he came up with. And I think he did a great job with it. So it, yeah, it comes from, there's a lot of layers to it, I suppose, you know, um, and that's and that's that's music. certainly depicted on the album cover. I mean, it is an album that is as like you say, it's like an onion. There's a layer of the layer of the layer of the layer. Yeah, and it's yeah. a great album. Yeah. It really is. I mean, I, I I put it on the other day, and uh, the ward and the wife is like, "Oh, I like this. This is nice." And for her to say that, you know, you've got the thumbs up, which is amazing. With regards to new material, a couple of ideas floating around. When do you think you're going to release the next one? Um, difficult to say. Like, yeah, I, I, I get stuck on things. So, like, this other thing that I've got going with this other guy, that might take a bit of preference for a while. But while I'm saying that, like, I could be watching YouTube later and then something will grab my attention. I'm like, oh, yeah, I've got to, like, <laughs> I've got to start implementing some of this or whatever. So, like, even in this lockdown period, I've driven myself crazy with a lot of <laughs> new stuff that I've listened to. And it's like, 
okay, I've got to stop bringing this in. Like, the, you know, um, especially with this sort of thing and like you, you're talking about your, your wife's reaction and everything, those kind of things play in your mind as well. Like I, I never write music for specific people to get specific attention, but like I like music that connects to people. So like, yeah. I think, okay, well, how can I do that? So when I see something interesting or different, it, it's quite nice to bring that in. So I suppose it just depends how it develops, um, how much time I've got to write and, and what I come up with. I definitely like to push this out until the end of the Well, year. you have to. I mean, you have to because it's, it really is a good album. And I encourage yeah. everybody to get it on Spotify and wherever else it's at, and iTunes and so on, and or download mm. it from, pay for it and buy it and support the music artists and so on. But the the, would be like a- Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> buy it and make everybody happy so that they can buy beer, for God's sakes, man. Come on, we need beer. Yeah. We need no, beer. Strings money. are good too. <laughs> strings. Yeah. yeah, strings are good. Yeah, they help. Yeah, I'm say, uh, uh, streams, streams in general. Streams, uh, you yeah, see, like, you see, now, uh, you know, strings do help as well, anyway. But streams, yeah, streams, jeepers, what is it? Zero point zero zero six cents per stream. Yeah, yeah, on Spotify, I think it is. Yeah, but speaking of strings, like, yeah, it's crazy. I finally got to get some strings today. <laughs> so, you see, this is no. so. How can this be? How can this be? <laughs> like, you only. Okay, what do you do in your daytime? Uh, at the moment yeah music uh yeah just music i uh, know as far as the strings it's just because you know the shops have opened now that, that that's why oh i see not, where you're not, going not with that sorry yeah i'm just being an yeah, idiot yeah, yeah. <laughs> no okay no i get it okay okay it is tough for artists out there yeah as, as far as that question goes like yeah at the moment the, the lockdown's been good in some ways because like it's finally gotten me off my ass i really enjoy giving lessons guitar lessons or music lessons in general so i've i've finally gotten that off the ground and it's happening so it's, it's brought a little bit good. of income in this time good. as well yeah uh, ultimately i would like to do this full-time one day um it might happen by my doing or or just circumstance so i'm also just seeing how things are at work at the moment but long-term goal obviously that that's what i want so, I, I saw a yeah. picture on your what's going through your your pictures and and you cut your thumb a night before or on the on the day of a gig that's way back yeah oh, okay <laughs> yeah, that, that was, was a, okay okay that was a couple of years yeah. back okay uh, well, no, I, I, how did that happen to, yeah. uh well that's my current day job uh but that i'm not at at the moment is i'm a locksmith so oh ouch i'm trying to remember how that actually if it was a foul or what but yeah i gave my hands all the time like that so damn yeah, with screw, screwdrivers going and hands and stuff yeah Ooh, but careless, enough. i suppose <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i know but um that that one in the thumb that was a scary one it did, ended up not being as bad as i thought i actually had one worse if you want to hear the story yeah go for it <laughs> i cut my fingertip like pretty deep and bad oh. and it opened up quite nicely and it was before one of my fingerstyle shows as well so a lot of tapping and, and like intricate playing on acoustic i was like oh sure what i'm gonna do i had the show i think it was i can't think of the area now but it's just before maritzburg and i had a gig there and so i super glued the finger to back on <laughs> <laughs> and, and like it was hanging by a piece so it wasn't completely off yet oh. and it stuck around until right at the end of the show and then it came off Oh, I, I, I stuck a hand, I, I stuck a knife in my hand here in the kitchen. Um, How the also, hell did you do that? Also, before like you won't believe it, the, the counters were just full. I don't know what we were doing. My wife was busy with something on the other side, and I was busy on the washing machine. <laughs> <laughs> and I put the shotgun knife down, but it, it went into like the little cliffy as we say, enough yeah, advance, and yeah. it, it popped straight up. And while I was busy, I put my hand down again oh. to. I know. To pick something up, and then I pick my hand up, and it's like shit. That's enough is stuck in my hand. Oh. That was also before a show again, but uh, that one was sore. Oof. Uh, Oof. 
I don't know. Worse so than the fingertip being cut off? Jeez, I don't know. That's pretty hectic. Yeah, that one was quite bad. Um, <laughs> that wasn't even a work incident. That was just kitchen making. Yeah, that was dinner. just being you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? What is the uh, often asked uh, artists these the next couple of questions? What is the strangest thing that's happened to you while performing? It didn't actually happen to me. It was my fault. Uh, with the finger style stuff I do for a while, I was wearing uh, fake nails. I'm trying to do it with my real nails now. Oh, uh, but. Fake guitar. Why is that? Is it because of the, the plucking? Yeah, well, I'm using five fingers, so it makes like five picks. Wow, okay. Pretty much. Okay, it makes yeah, sense. So that, another another idiot question. A, yeah, yeah, okay. No, no, no. No, no I'm on my so, musical journey, yeah, man. I'm telling you, I'm getting educated <laughs> big time. So so that's the sort of idea. I'm trying it with my real nails now. I don't know how it's working out. But anyway, so like, I don't know if I just wasn't very good at doing it. Like, I had a lot of edges and stuff sticking out. And when you do like sort of flamenco style strumming where you're like right. rolling your fingers on the string. And I had this lady in a crowd in front of me, a couple of people in front. And at some point, one of my fake nails shot straight at her. <laughs> <laughs> and she almost fainted. So like, yeah, that was a pretty good one. I don't know if she thought it was my nail or what, but uh, yeah. <laughs> that's pretty strange. Yeah, that's, that's pretty strange. There's probably more. Um, yeah, I try to remember the question now. It's strange related. Yeah, str- strange, strangest things, strangest things that's happened to you while performing. Yeah. Oh, um, <laughs> I mean, that's pretty funny. If I'm thinking back to the metal days, I'll probably find some good ones. The Winston, not the Winston, uh, Burn was always a, a funny venue. If you're jamming with a tall guy, the stage roof was quite low. So <laughs> a couple of headstocks and stuff getting mangled on there. Um, if I think of something more interesting, I'll let you know just now. <laughs> <laughs> it's like 2017, you had 40 performances, 60 plus in 2018. And then he did a, sh- a shitload off in, in 2019, all that it tailed off a bit. Uh, in 2019 but the like you were saying earlier the smoking dragon main stage yeah with 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 your band but surely momentum is okay obviously COVID has played its part now but surely with momentum and getting diva on board now to do all the pr and all that sort of stuff surely now is the time to really push it up well that's the idea um the the 40 shows in 2017 that was really just to get out there and and it did its job um but uh, you know a lot of those were like a lot of random shows and you know, it's, it's, it's funny with that type of gigging, that type of fan base you get, they're like, great, but a lot of them might not uh, be that active on social media or stuff. So like, if you play that venue again, it's cool because you, you get these people coming back, but it might not get get the word of the music out where it should in terms of online, at least. Yeah. Um, then 2018 also, I really pushed it pushed it hard with a lot of shows as well. The, the quality of the shows got better and it was a lot more paid shows and a lot of better paid shows, if you want to put it that way. Um, yeah. So like it, it was picking up in a professional aspect, definitely. 2019 had its challenges, um, but yet again, the shows that were done there, a lot of them were, were quality, as you pointed out, the Smoking Dragon show and stuff yeah. like, like that. So yeah, pretty much what this year was, I did a Gauteng tour with uh, the name on the drum. I think it was in February, if I'm not mistaken. So that was supposed to be like a pre-launch build up and there was hard copies of the album available, which, which sold pretty well. And that's where things were supposed to like blow out. And it's like, oh shit. <laughs> so yeah. We, Went uh, sideways. Um, yeah. Yeah. So we ended up with, you know, a terrible situation we're in now at the moment. Um, not that I can complain on my side, but I mean, it just, it, it did break the momentum, but it's good. I think getting on board with, with Devo, especially at this point, uh, well, hopefully I'll pick that up and that that's what we're working on now. It's just, yeah. To, well, I mean, you, you, you certainly are a lot more uh, visible, put it that way. So, I mean, that that's, that can only be a good thing. Your rig rundown, what do you play with? Okay. Um, uh, live shows with, with the band. Generally, I've got a Marshall amp. It's not 
super high end, but it's Marshall Combo, solid state purely just because I, I blow valves like crazy. Uh, oh, wow. I love valve amps. Okay. Yeah, I love valve amps, but I don't know if it's just me or whatever, but every time I own them, I, I destroy them. So, yeah, <laughs> okay. it's, so it's a solid state Marshall that I usually use. I've got another little orange heading cabinet. That's That's got a valve and a preamp, but yeah, I usually use the, the Marshall rather. Uh, a lot of boss pedals mixed with some other stuff. Uh, I use a lot of delay. I use a lot of um, reverb and stuff like that, obviously, with, with yeah. the sound that's there. Yeah. Um, solo stuff, I've got my, my Quartz acoustic amp, which I'll often use the effects from there, or I'll use my pedal board with it. Got a Quartz acoustic and another Johnson. That's, that's not that great, but it's, it's the one that I did those 40 shows with that you mentioned. Right. Um, they've both got microphones in them as well for the, the bodywork on a guitar. Okay. Um, a little bit of Frankenstein guitars. And then um, as far as my electric guitars go, got quite a few, but the one that I'm using now is obviously I do have an artist endorsement through um, AS Guitars. Okay. Uh, which were bought by Elaine Smith, um, uh, who was staying in, in Durban at the time. He's now in Germany, now based in Germany. Um, does that, yeah, still, does that endorsement still stand? Uh, or such. I've got the guitar and I still represent him. Uh, it is an artist endorsement. So like, I'm not... You know, like to, to to be frank, like I did pay for the guitar, just not. I got a very good discount, and I, I right. do represent the brand. Right, we okay. do have a good 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 relationship. Uh, Ross Tapson's one of the full full endorsed guys that, that I spoke about earlier. But I mean, it, it's a boutique company, so it's not right a massive okay. factory or whatever. But right. because it's a boutique company, you know, the work that Elaine's going to put in those guitars is simply phenomenal. So now the Germans are are blessed to have them. So hopefully you'll get a lot of support that side from them. Uh, if you've got any German listeners, I definitely recommend checking it out. If you enjoy wonderful boutique instruments, seriously, that's your guy. He also makes wonderful bass guitars. Um, the one I've got is the semi-hollow Amaris. Um, yeah, that, that's the actual model for what it is. He did push out a few of them, I think, before he left as well. But yeah, he's got a whole wide range of guitars and can pretty much do anything you ask for. You know, he'll, he'll customize, put your ideas together and... Yeah, that, the, the instruments sound good. Howling Rush, all the electric stuff on it uh, from our side is, is recorded with that guitars. Okay, great. Yeah. Okay, mm. so what got you into guitars? Oh, oh my word. I I <laughs> You're probably expecting that to be the first question. <laughs> I've never had it that blunt though. Like, <laughs> um, and that's how I, I roll, man. I just give it to you straight. <laughs> no, no, I like it. No, I actually thought I'd be a drummer. I, I do play drums. Wow. Okay. Of, okay. Of, yeah, I do play a lot of different instruments. But yeah, when I was younger, I was definitely like banging pots and pans and stuff a lot more. I didn't expect the guitar thing to happen. Know, I'm trying to remember what like my initial passion was. I, I don't even really know. Mates started doing it. I enjoyed it. I tried it. I liked it. <laughs> Um, okay. I like to All think right. I, I learned very. I like to think I learned fairly quickly. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, it's just something that just grew. Like I could talk more about why I keep doing it rather. I suppose. Than, <laughs> I've got to ask the tough question. Man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's um, food for thought when you're watching YouTube later. You can say, "How the hell did I actually stop playing guitar?" Shit. Okay, let yeah, me think about that. Yeah, it's, it's a weird one. Like, but I, I suppose it's like anything. I, I listened to metal as a child, like Metallica, big. Maiden fan, obviously, huge Iron Maiden fan. Right. Uh, amongst a lot of other great 80s metal. I was born in 83. A much older cousin that, like, really loved metal and stuff. So he corrupted me from a young age. And I suppose that's it. If you, if you like metal, you're going to end up playing something at some point. Mm. Um, or trying, at least. <laughs> yeah, well, you, that's the thing, you know. And 
I suppose you try and then if you like it, you like it. And, you know, it's one of the things when, when, whenever I teach people music, like any students that I have, one thing I try and encourage, I bring out a lot of the boring stuff early, which I think a lot of guitar teachers don't. And not that I think one's a bad approach or not, but like, for me, it's like, if you can get through the boring stuff early, then you're serious. So, what do you mean by the boring stuff? Oh, like, it's one thing learning chords and learning songs and like, yeah, I can do something cool and, and all that. But like, you know, finger exercises, getting dexterity going, um, learning a little bit of, you know, actual music, not necessarily to read it, but just, you know, everyone wants to learn a couple of open chords and be able to play uh, Smoke on the Water. Like by <laughs> yeah, smoke, smoke on the Water or, or Seven Nation Army or Zombie or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, if you can do the tedious stuff, you know, the stuff that requires you and the little, little bit more difficult stuff, the stuff that really gets you to sit for hours and your fingers hurt like hell and you, you're just completely over it. If you can get through that early, then you're probably going to end up being pretty decent. You know? so, okay. And, and yeah, how's the um, teaching going? Are you, are you enjoying it? Is, is it new for you or is it something you've always been doing? Um, it's new for me in a professional sense in terms of, of people actually paying for it. Uh, but it is something I've done before with, with former bandmates. As I said, Sia and Julian mm-hmm. are technically two, two students of mine. Um, that I've jammed with and they just are oh, firstly wonderful guys, but also they, they've learned so well. And, and they did exactly that. They were prepared to do the, the tedious, boring stuff. And, and that's what let them get good, you know? So, um, and through that, they can teach themselves. That, that's ultimately what you want. During the, the recording of, of the album, did you ever think, oh, let me do some vocals here quickly? Um, not so much with this one, but I'm definitely thinking of it for future music. Oh, okay. So, so it might happen, yeah. Okay. But as as you heard on the album, there's a bit of vocals. Yeah, there is. Yeah, from, yeah. Yeah, but that's all guest artists. So, right. Yeah. But I mean, you uh, sing, but, so I mean, you know, there there is a, you know, come on. Yeah. No, I, I might. I, I'm definitely considering it. it. I wouldn't want it to take over because, um, you know, at the end of the day, it is the the, the music does the talking with my stuff, but. I definitely see a place in it. Like, there's a really cool band out there. Have you ever heard of Covet? Um, it does ring a bell, but probably not. I do recommend checking out the, the guitarist, Yvette Jung. She's crazy good. Okay. Um, so I'm a big fan. I, she does a lot of double-handed tapping stuff as well, so obviously. Right, okay. Check out Covet and Yvette Jung. So like her solo stuff, she sang quite a bit, and she's got an absolutely beautiful voice. And finally, with the new album coming out now, one of the singles they've released now before the album comes out, they've got some vocals on there. And it's like, oh, it's about time. But it's, it's done tastefully. It's not, it's not like now they're a vocal band. The first thing yeah, yeah. still fully instrumental. Yeah. It's just there's vocals now. It's just forming an extra part of it. So It's not over the I top. It, yeah. Yeah. So if I bring it into my new stuff, it will just be like an additional layer to the millions of layers that are already there. I'm going to keep we'll pushing. See. I'm going to, I'm going to keep pushing for, for when the new album's going to come out. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> People, he hasn't even started rec- writing or recording the new album. Don't take what I say for gospel. All right. There's nothing new coming out yet. There's a bit of material. A oh, there we go. You see, ideas, you yeah. see now I got yeah. it out of you. There's a bit of material and it's going to come out next year. But as I say, I'm talking big, you know, the recording process could, <laughs> Not another oh, three years. No, no, no. Oh, no, no, definitely not. Yeah. It's got to come out before I'm 40. <laughs> okay, so, so we touched on um, how um, you like to record. Um, if you do, an, if you, well, when you do, not if, when you do your next one, is it going to be pretty much in the same vein as, as this one uh, in terms of the process? Is it going to be done at home or are you going to go into a studio and do it? I'll probably demo at home because I've got the resources to do it now. Um, 
But are you one of those that I like w- like to go into your studio and 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 perform with other people? Yeah, I suppose I do. <laughs> well, for yeah, like uh, this this album had a lot of guests. I don't know if the next album would. Um, but yeah, like it's different when you're a solo artist because you know it, it is still your your stuff at the end of the day. Um, do you think the there's band, a you know? You... Do you think there's a massive sound difference if you, you know people can set up a studio at home so easily these days with all the right technology and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. You know, and, no, and, it, and it sounds pretty good, but does, do you think there is a sound difference between a home recorded studio as opposed to a nice, you know, big studio with proper 24 channel desks and all that sort of shit or well, 48 or 64 for. or whatever they use these days? It depends what you're going for. I mean, those, those big studios are really very much in many ways, I think, a thing of the past. I think only huge acts use that now. I could be wrong, but I think everything has its pros and cons. Like, um, if when I do the next album, I would probably like to go through with with Daniel Philogene again. Um, he did a great job with this one, and we seem to connect and we we communicate well. And what I love about him is he's straight. Like um, I like working with a guy that says like, "No, that sounds shit," or "Yeah, that's not working." That you know, don't sit and try and please me for the sake. Yeah, of, don't stroke my ego. Yeah, that kind yeah, of vibe. Getting, Just get to the point. Album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's definitely not that guy. Like you'd have the patience to let me sit and do a thing over and over or. We try an idea over and over or we get another guy back into the studio again you know like so i like that i like having someone that's that's straight up like that and, and honest the, the only thing that i might change is some of my acoustic stuff um the guys from name on the drum they do have their, their studio as well which is called storytellers i think right was, i hope i got that right so i might consider doing some of my acoustic stuff with them just purely because their approach is very different whereas daniel's quite digital and okay. you get that good crisp, crisp, clean sound, which is perfect for for that stuff. Mm. Um, so I might do some of the acoustic stuff with with Name on the Drum with the Storyteller Studio. We'll we'll see. Um, now, Name on the Drum is, is I don't mean to be disrespectful um, to mm. the guy on the drums. Is that the old fellow on the drums? No, no they're two young guys. Uh, okay. <laughs> now, who's the old who's yeah. the old fellow on the drums? And I've seen you perform with. Okay, that's Ron. Uh, he he jams with my trio. So, oh, uh, right. Okay. Yeah. So, so if I'm, question. If I'm doing, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 it's cool. So, yeah, when I'm uh, doing a trio show or show with the band, uh, 90% of the time he'll be my drummer. Right. Um, for that. Um, like at Smoking Dragon, Nat from Nathaniel from Name on the Drum, he did one of the songs on the drums. Okay. <laughs> and right. Then Ron, Ron took over. But Ron's generally my drummer, yeah, for, okay. for the actual band. Okay. So name on the drum is the two younger guys. Yes. Oh, yeah. They, they, <laughs> yeah okay. The two young guys. Yeah. <laughs> okay. The um, two young guys. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But um, yeah, they're they're indie folk band from from KZN. And okay. They they are so good. Like if you're into that, that type of music, they are really good at what they do. You'll get deep lyrics that will have you thinking about it for weeks after. <laughs> okay. You know, there's there's a there's a hell stuff. of a lot of good musicians coming out of Durban. I mean, the scene, um, is, the scene is quite bloody good. No, there is. Like, uh, you know, one thing I always say, like, people are always like, oh, there's no good music and stuff. It's like, you just got to look for it. Mm. It's just within my circles alone, just from people that I've met from gigs. I mean, I met, you know, you, you spoke about that 40 shows. That's why I did it was to, to connect and meet people. I met them from that period. And not only are they great musicians, they're, they're fantastic guys as well. Super easy to work with. And, and How hard yeah, is it to lot. actually make it in this country or make it anywhere as a musician? I think it depends what your goal is of making it. Okay, you know, fair. Um, yeah, that's that's a fair retort. Yeah. yeah, so like in one aspect, what is your goal, as we said? So, yeah. Um, and, and the other aspect, what is your situation? Mm-hmm. So for me, I, I am aiming to, to go full, 
but I'm also very lucky and blessed to have um, a, a very supportive wife um, that's in a pretty stable position herself. So like that is a reality for me to, to possibly mm. pursue. Mm. Um, had our, our financial situation been different, I might not be so lucky. You know what I mean? I wouldn't yeah. have those options. So I, I think it depends on a lot of things. Um, also depends what you want to do. If you, you know how much you want to compromise your musical stuff. So like, I do niche type music, which is great because it gets a very specific loyal following, but it's, you know, I'm also not a teenage girl that's going to, you know, attract a lot of different people, you know, mm. um, and I don't sing, so that doesn't help either. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah, so I, I think it all depends what you're looking for. If you're looking for fame, that's obviously, in my opinion, incredibly difficult. And there's a lot of luck involved there and yeah. a lot of different, different factors. So I think, you know, Making as a musician, I think just be smart with your finances, be smart with your ideas and, and the direction you take. I think also a couple of things, and, and this is something that I learned, like when you're spending money, especially if you have it, spend it on the right things. Because like I've gone through cycles where I just put money into all the wrong things. <laughs> and yeah. now, now I finally started getting out of that and, and it's paying off. Also, don't just jump for every idea or every promoter or whatever out there that that's you know, really think about what you're doing, think about your audience and think about what it is you're trying to get out. So do I say it's easy um, to make it as a musician, as I say, definitely not. Um, but is it possible? Yes, I think so. I think depending on what you're looking for, mm -hmm. if, if, your, if your goals are realistic and I mean, if you just look at South Africa now, like if I think about the metal scene back when I was a teenager, it was like, you know, the, the thought of playing overseas or whatever, you were like, Ah, you know, it's not going to happen, type of thing. You know, you yeah. really wanted to, yeah. But also in those days, you know, you got delusions of grandeur, and you want to be a big rock star. Look at how many just just in the metal scene alone, how many metal bands are doing really well internationally now. Yep. it's ridiculous. The list goes on. Uh, Deities Muse, amongst so many other things. These these guys that I'm not sure how they were doing financially and stuff, but they definitely are out there, and people are talking about them. Yeah, so, yeah. So I think just be smart. That's be smart. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Be smart. Maybe don't just jump for every opportunity that presents itself because you can end up wasting years on, on something that's not fruitful. So I think that would be Wow, nice, that's you know, deep. Uh, yeah. But it's, it's, <laughs> it's, it is what it is. I like, uh, it's um, true though, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You could, you could jam in a band that has toxic vibes or whatever and through some sort of loyalty or whatever, just, just go through with it and it's really not worth it. You know? Yeah. Um, that, that's just one example. I mean, amongst many or work with someone that's really just not good for you on a personal level, musical level, whatever, holding you back. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll just say that it comes back again to being smart. I don't know if I've got that right yet, but it's, it's definitely the goal. So, well, I, I think, I think you are headed in the, the absolutely right direction with Howlin Rush um, because it is a fantastic album. Um, I thoroughly enjoy it. My wife thoroughly enjoys it. So that's got a gold star right there. And, um, and yeah, 2021, I'm looking forward to, to the new album. Reina, thank you very much for taking the time out to chat to me, man. Like I said, the album is really, really good. I'm glad Diva's on board and, and pushing you out there now even more, which is fantastic because it deserves to be out there. It's a really good album. And all the links and uh, will be in the description below. Um, click like love and share and do whatever you people need to do so go for it listen to his album rate it enjoy it have fun be be like and check it all out uh, subscribe <laughs> and all those that's things, it so. be like and, and subscribe <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. and uh yeah thank you for taking your time man um it, uh, it's great chatting to people like you um i actually like i said you you were on my radar before i even got into talks with diva so 
Diva well, doing something great. Man. Yeah, awesome. well, look, Diva is, is fantastic, man. And shout out, shout yeah. out to David. Thank you very much for organizing this, man. But we would have had the podcast sure, anyway, man. so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I mentioned no, but no, but uh, yeah, David has been phenomenal. Um, I'm battling to keep up. I'm normally the guy waiting for emails. This guy's just oh, yeah, no, he is yeah. on it like a oof, like a whip it up Crazy a trouser leg. Yeah, no, he is something else. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. Okay, Rainer, thank you so much, man. Um, have a good one, Thanks, be safe, and uh, the album is fucking epic and i look forward to the next one thank you so much man all righty cheers cool cheers